previously on the Twistcast. Last time we talked about season four of Young Justice, as well as did a quick glance at the disaster that is the current state of affairs over at DC at the moment. Oh, poor, poor DC going through with that Discovery merger. Oh yeah. my God. There's a lot of shit happening. So if you want to get caught up on all that, go check out the last episode. And just if you want to hear us talk about Young Justice, uh, we both were pleasantly surprised by the season. Yeah, it's true. Um, so if you want to hear what we thought about that, go back and check the episode. But that's not why we're here for this episode. No, no, absolutely. Not also some devastating news that'll be in uh, next week's episode <laughs> about injustice. Uh, but that's again neither here nor there. Tonight, we're doing sorry, excuse me, keep doing that on this episode. <laughs> we're doing no news, uh, because we have a guest tonight talking about some projects that we are kind of excited to talk about. Kind uh, of excited. Kind of excited. Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'd rather be kind of right. Okay, I'm underselling. <laughs> that way, when we when we get into it, I don't. Okay. you know, people are just like pleasantly surprised by how how gushy I might. Actually you don't want to give everything up too soon. You got to. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. 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 All right. <laughs> gotta um, gotta okay. make them wait for it. Okay. Just start over. Just start over. I'm not here. Go ahead. Oh no, no. It's yeah. too late. It's too late. I'm not <laughs> cutting any of this out. It stays in because it's comedy gold, baby. Uh, joining us on this episode of the Swiss Cast. Uh, is writer Alan Dunford. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for uh, ultimately just reaching out and uh, setting up a, a, an interview with this, especially all this crazy time and everyone's busy and it's. A, I just feel like life is always getting in the way somehow, but thank you guys. Oh, believe me of when course. I say it is It is absolutely our pleasure. Um, I also want to shout out the, uh, the great people over at uh, Geek Freaks who uh who told us that we just reached out to you and gave us your information uh we appreciate you guys uh and uh we appreciate you for for taking the time to come hang out alan oh yeah Uh, listen i don't really trust frank often over there um (laughs) but he did say you guys were good people so i i'm i'm lightly doing this interview with uh, with some excitement right okay all right hey (laughs) absolutely fair absolutely fair (laughs) So uh, why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff real quick, your socials and your, your Kickstarter and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So my name's Alan Dunford. Um, I am a, I guess, uh, what you would call a, a writer, and I barely think I can manage <laughs> that half the time. But um, I, I'm relatively new to the indie genre. Um, last year, it seems like everything's just kind of gone really fast. Last year, we released Pocus Hocus 1, and now we're already on like our sixth comic book which is crazy how, how fast everything kind of goes. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's all the team, but we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at chaps of fury. And one of the best ways to follow us honestly is just through Kickstarter. Uh, it's listed under Alan and will uh, that is my co-writer and it is uh, it's just good to follow us there because we have a lot of exciting projects coming out and we are currently working on a sub stack and to oh, nice. i guess really drive drive home the uh i guess just the fan base and keep everyone in the loop that way because all the veteran creators that we've talked to they have told us that social media works uh to a uh, iffy degree but it's really the the sub stack and the email list is really where you get it because email doesn't really get lost in an algorithm so right. they uh, so we're, we're really taking that advice and just trying to learn and run with it so we have that coming soon Trust me, as a as a content creator, uh, we we can get lost pretty quick. It's it's hard. It's really hard to find 
uh, like your foothold sometimes in the social space, but you know, you're plugging away, sticking with it. So Alan, we want to make this kind of an interesting interview for you because I'm I'm the wrong person. You've done, (laughs) you've done, I'm sure you've done a a good deal of, of self-promotion here. So we're going to start with some icebreaker questions. Okay. Uh, The first one, I feel like people just don't ask enough. And I feel like it's kind of critical to who you are as a person. What's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, all of them. Uh, I, I guess the answer. I guess the answer answer would just be yes. <laughs> yeah, That's fair response. But yeah. if we had to force you to pick one, uh, I'm going to be the Chad and pick the Velociraptor. Okay. Okay. Yeah, That's it's fine. just so cool. Uh, so Velociraptor for how cool it is. Uh, Pterodactyl for how trippy it is to spell. Yes, that's okay. fair. Right. No sense. There's there's no reason that word should start with a T, have a Y in there somewhere. Pterodactyl. It, it, <laughs> it just it's a wild it's a wild word. Jesse, how about you? Favorite time. I do like Velociraptor, but I think I gotta go with the Dilophosaurus, the one mm-hmm, with the, mm-hmm. the frills on the neck, because like I feel that. I don't remember a ton about the first Jurassic Park movie, but I do remember those little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, those things terrified me as a kid. What's the? Were those the ones that uh, popped up in the truck with the guy? Yeah, that's okay. the ones that ended up killing Dennis Nedry. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, I feel like the how you answer that question is with another question, and it's land, sea, or air, right? Because there's I, one I, of each, yeah, I if, I, if I'm being honest. So for me, the Ankylosaurus on land, I think it's just a walking tank, and that's it's pretty badass. Giant club on its tail. I mean, how can you go wrong? Uh, for the air, because it makes no sense, the Quetzalcoatlus. Oh, yes. Those things, they're massive. They're massive. <laughs> and the fact that they flew is horrifying okay i'm i'm looking all these up i've never heard of them so at, keep I, talking i'm looking them up. <laughs> i just love their name i mean uh yeah the quetzal i didn't understand about the quetzalcoatlus until i started reading dinosaur books to my kid and then i saw it and it was like oh this thing is really tall and this the wingspan is like 40 feet and then we, we went to our local zoo the philadelphia zoo and they had a dinosaur exhibit and they had a mock-up of a quetzalcoatl and i walked up to it and i was like holy shit this is absolutely horrifying absolutely yeah. horrifying yeah, uh so awesome. uh delightful and i love uh Inichthyosaurus because they're just giant swordfish dinosaurs so uh-huh. i hate my lack of dinosaur knowledge right now <laughs> like you know like things you, you don't prepare for for an interview yeah no yeah. of course not i'm just saying it's it's so fun just Look, to start with weird you mean you, you mean to tell me that you came onto this comic book podcast and did not expect to talk about dinosaurs <laughs> the fool i was <laughs> like listen I, frank's gonna be like oh my god he's such an embarrassment i should have never let him on there all right um so i guess another just fun little icebreaker thing kind of bringing it back into our wheelhouse with like the whole superpower stuff Given the choice, would you rather have magic powers but be in you know, like your squishy human form, okay. or would you rather have a super exosuit where you can do a lot of like superhuman stuff, have superhuman strength, but you're basically bound to laws of physics and stuff? Oh man, um, I hesitantly I'm going to say magic powers with my squishy human shell. Um, just because I feel like there's going to be more possibilities with that and figuring out life's meta 
instead of just being confined to the role of tank. Yeah. Very fair. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Mike. I would also agree. I, I would I mean, also agree. The powers, it's just like you can do so many things. Exactly. I, I got to go down to powers. Like, I'm going to start for magic powers in general. Yeah. I'll, I'll like, figure out how to make an exoskeleton. Exactly. Right? Like, you yeah. can, everything that you can do in an exosuit, yeah. you can do with magic powers. So, right. you get the best of both worlds yeah. for that. And then I'm sure there's a magic spell to like make you not so squishy. So, I'm sure it'll be yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's a little off the beaten path. All right. Like, the first two were perfectly normal yeah. by comparison. <laughs> do you have a favorite sauce? Um, like a barbecue like, sauce uh, or sriracha. Okay, or garlic so, aioli. All right, are we talking about like dipping sauces, or are we talking about serving sauces, or are we I, talking about the the physics breakers of marinara that can also be used as a dipping sauce, but simultaneously it's also served in conjunction with food. I already love this response. <laughs> yeah, listen. The, okay, we're we're not even talking about my my crappy books anymore. The, this <laughs> this now is all about the sauce. Welcome to the Twisted Cave yeah. Sauce Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the market is not saturated with sauce podcast. <laughs> so we need to really hone in on that one now. All right, uh, we got to tell Mike or we got to tell Sam moving forward that we're done with the comics. Screw that. Yeah, it's all yeah, sauce. It's sauce. all sauce. Next yeah. week, Alfredo. Let's go. Yeah, Alfredo, is it here to kill us? Find out next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, well, let's see dipping sauce. Dipping sauce. Um, God, that's a tough one. Um, I guess it almost Chick- depends on what you're dipping it in. Yeah, like- that's so that's my problem, right? Um, Chick fil A sauce, like, mm. is, is always killer. It's pretty versatile. It, that has never let me down at all. Ranch is really easy to screw up. Yeah. God. Mm. So let's just go with something that has uh, never give me up, will never let me down, that will never run around or hurt me. And I think we're going to do olive oil with basil leaves. Ooh. I don't yeah. think I've ever Ooh. done that, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. So you Didn't can take different types. Yeah. You can take different types of spices and stuff and just dip bread in it and just have a good mixture oh. of an olive oil base with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Chef's kiss. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's the sleeper sauce. Olive oil. Right. The good. one you don't think about. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That's a, that's a nice. That's a nice call. Yeah, I uh, I've been all about like uh, like a honey hot sauce, Ooh, so you get a little too. sweet, a little spicy. Okay, like it just yeah. it just satisfies like both cravings sometimes. Mike, Mike, talk once. slower, talk slower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get it, you dip it in, and at first you get the yeah. sweet, cool. and then baby, you feel that heat. <clears throat> Give it to him, bring it home. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of just the garlic aioli. Okay. My my ba- my favorite thing was that when I was down in New Zealand. Um, they don't do like, I mean, you can get ketchup with fries and stuff when you get a burger or whatnot, but the standard is a garlic aioli. Mm. They just oh, give it to yeah. you with every burger order. Oh my God. It was the best like six months of my life. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's such a versatile sauce. Love it. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wrapping out some of these icebreakers. Now that we're getting a good feel for who we are, we got one more tough question for you. What's your favorite cut of French fry? There's so I, many. Oh, God. So I'm going to go ahead and go with waffle mm-hmm. just because yeah. it's there's something satisfying about taking a not perfectly crunchy, 
waffle fry, but one that's kind of teetering on that and just bending it and then just getting double sauce. Oh, what you feel uh, yeah. like you get, you know what I mean? Speak my language. Yeah. And then it's just, uh, it, you get that good crunch too, whenever you have it, because uh, it's, uh, it's from where it's folded, kind of like a taco shell. Mm-hmm. It's like a fry yeah. taco. Yeah. Fraco. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> just invented something and yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, I think I think I go uh, steak fry first. Ooh, I just love okay. a thick, meaty French fry, like but not not like actually meaty. Yeah. Unless I mean, you well, put stuff on top loaded loaded French can. fries are dope. See, but that's the thing with steak fries, you got to watch out for it because like ranch, it's easy to mess up. It is. Mm-hmm. They can it be is. over and or undercooked. Yeah, they can simultaneously be over and undercooked. And it's yeah, it just it makes it hurts if, my teeth if they're cut too it. thick. Like yeah, you don't you don't want that. But if they're, yeah. they're cut too thin, mm-hmm. they get a little too crunchy, but like when you find the perfect steak fry. Oh, it's yeah. So nice. It's such a nice item. Waffle fries are very good. It's very tough to turn out a waffle fry. Yeah. But uh yeah. Well, I'm, I'm quite partial to just a crispy shoestring fry, like yeah. the one with like extra crispy. Uh I just love that crunch. But if yeah. I'm allowed to bend the rules just a little bit, mm-hmm. I gotta love tater tots. Okay, like um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of tots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we, and also, I want to give it up to an honorable mention: the curly fry. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rip a real a well seasoned. We didn't even talk fry. about. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I hope you're right. not hungry when you're listening to this, Alan. I hope you're not hungry now. <laughs> now that uh, I think we've gotten a good idea of who you are and <laughs> uh, just how you think. Maybe we should actually get to like the actual products that we're going to talk about. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, so let's start with with Pocus Hocus. Uh, that book. Uh, so uh, Jess, did you did you have fun reading it? So I had no idea what to expect going into it. Um, Mike just said, "Read this. We're going to be talking about it." I'm like, okay, cool. Let me just dive into it. And like, just by the title, it sounded like it was some magic stuff. I was like, okay, I can get behind that. I'm a big fan of magic. I love this book. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm so glad I, to hear. Absolutely. By the end of it, I was just like, I want more. Yeah. I love the characters. I love just the overall feel and atmosphere of the book. And all the characters are just like so sassy and snarky. And that just like speaks to me on such a deep personal level. Awesome. That I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I, I was just like, once I started reading, it was very difficult for me to put down. Um, and it just held my attention and I, I laughed a lot and you know I'm just like one issue and you're just already invested in Pocus as a character and I think that's that's a testament to the creative team that you have mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's so special and it's very difficult to do in one issue because if it, if it was easy kind of everybody would do it yeah you know um, so so I think that's really awesome curiously for me like where did the idea come from like how did you guys arrive at this is like the final version of the character and and title that you're going to put out yeah so um i i love talking about this part because it's kind of uh really a a deep delve into a writer's psyche right mm-hmm. because you, you really get to find out um what subconscious things you really repress and kind of stick with you throughout all your life and then you it manifests itself and then you be like, oh, my God, how, how in the world did this still become a thing? So um, I remember uh, being about seven ish, maybe a little younger. 
uh, and I was trying to write my own comic book, and it was called The Magician. And because uh, I've always loved magicians and magic, mm-hmm. it's just always just been so fascinating, right? Um, obviously, I never did anything with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I maybe made a page, if that. And I remember asking my grandma how to spell the word magician, <laughs> and I could still barely spell it today. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, and then that's honestly as far as it went. Um, and then COVID happened, and it was one of those things where I think just to try to keep my sanity, I wanted to do something right. Um, a, a good friend of mine, he is pretty ingrained in his uh, indie comic endeavors and he's done really well for himself. And he actually asked, he said, Alan, I'm sure, why don't you have an idea for something? Because he's like, you're, you're a funny guy. Uh, you're a good storyteller. Why, why have you never done anything? And then my response was, I don't know. It, it just never crossed my mind to, to mm-hmm. think that I could structure something enough to, to do something like this. So I reached out to a good friend of mine, Will Radford, who's my co-writer. He and I actually went to high school together. Um, we both live in the same town still. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to, to be able to do that and, and be able to do something with one of your best friends, right? Um, and I approached the idea to Will. Originally, it was going to be something episodic because one of my favorite television shows of all time is the twilight zone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I wasn't a really big comic guy. And what I mean by that is I never did any of my own independent research. So I, I did I only stuck to the comic books that were popular. Uh, you know, the sin city, the stuff that was in your face, 300 V for vendetta, everything that's getting made into a movie. Cause that was the only way I knew how to research comic books. Mm-hmm. I was actually really big into manga. And going back and thinking about it now, a lot of my manga influences are there. Uh, Death Note is a prime example of that. Mm. The relationship between the demon and Pocus is, a, is really kind of inspired by Death Note. And I didn't think about it at the time. Um, but I, I talked to Will and I was like, let's do a horror thing with a magician when we'll make it episodic and we'll kind of have it creepy to where this magician runs this uh, uh dark demonic magic show and he pulls people on stage and he does uh you know just creepy things to him and the crowd is unaware that to me was horror terrifying something's happening and no one else is any wiser so the idea for the first episodic thing of it is actually the premise for issue two Mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool how we were able to take that demon box and then make it a driving force in the story Mm -hmm. uh but we'll get into that here in a little bit um so yeah i we i've talked to will about it and we decided let's make it linear um and we didn't have a name for it and then uh pocus hocus came about because we we wanted something that told a story about um i guess you hear the word hocus pocus you immediately think magic so it's like well let's go ahead and do pocus hocus because that's it's kind of funny it's annoying uh now it's hard for me to say hocus pocus i really have to think about it Mm -hmm. um and it lets people we don't want something to take itself too seriously so let's let's have a title like this it's silly but people still kind of know what to expect right um so we sat down got the story beats together for it and this is where we arrived with pocus Cool. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I know you said you kind of wanted to have a bit more of that horror feel going into mm-hmm. this was kind of like your main idea. How did like the humor aspect of it 
eventually form into it because that plays a big part into this series as a whole so oh definitely uh, you can't have a title of something called pocus hocus and take yourself too seriously of course um you know we we decided that whenever we were initially writing we we're like wouldn't it be funny if it, if it if this happened and then wouldn't it be funny if this happened and then by this point we got a dark comedy on our hands mm-hmm. so it's like well let's just embrace that you know let it, it's naturally writing itself that way let's let's just keep going with it because i feel like if we try to diverge too much and do something too serious it's not going to land um and like i said it's our first comic book uh pocus one is something will will and i have never written anything else uh in the comic world before so we thought we were kind of taking a big risk and we didn't know how to approach it we were actually you know everyone is their own worst critic so we thought pocus one was potentially going to bore people because it didn't start with this big action scene and all this other indies because i'm looking at all these other indie creators what are they doing Uh, and i'm seeing like action and beautiful collars everywhere and i'm like oh god our book's boring as hell (laughs) (laughs) so um because we we didn't know if we wanted to start it at the end and treat it like a lifetime movie and it's focused surrounded, okay. you know, by like, we have been like a weird situation, for example, let's say mm-hmm. surrounded by demons or something. Um, and then it just stops with, you may be wondering how I got here. Yeah. And then, and then we go back to the beginning, right? So we decided, let's just tell it linearly. Let's take a risk and hope that our story pans out and is interesting enough. And we make smart choices with the coloring aspect, the world building aspect, the dialogue that people want to read it. So Let's try to throw in just weird, wacky characters that are are weird and pretty surreal when you read them, but they make sense to the story, like Pocus's butler, Ivan. So it's stuff like that that we tried to really separate ourselves a little bit with. And honestly, I think you did an incredible job because just after the first few pages, I was like, oh. there's enough intrigue and mystery here that like I want to keep reading to figure out what's going on. Awesome. I want to understand more about this world and what's mm-hmm. happening. Well, thank you guys. I, I really appreciate that because like I said, it was uh, it was definitely a risk. I, I felt like we were taking. So uh, I got to I got to ask, um, Ivan is like a professional simp for magicians, yeah. <laughs> it seems like. Like, is that is that like what you intended with that character or 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 see, maybe I've I don't know, maybe I'm reading too too much into it. Like maybe are there darker designs underneath? his kind of infatuation like i'm not sure if i'm reading that right yeah so you you can read ivan however you want to man um so so weird yeah and that's that's that was the whole point because um there there's always this darker tone over top of pocus right um the you have a magician who sold his soul to impress his father he finally has a sold out show um his dad his dad died so it was all for nothing. It's your typical Faustian tale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, we know the story has been told a million times with so someone selling their soul, but we wanted to put our own twist on it. Um, and we, it's like, you have this whole doom and gloom type jaded magician. I want my soul back. What's going on? So Ivan was a break for us in, the, in, in that story because we we wanted something that the readers could be like oh my god like we wanted something (laughs) so different from what was actually happening but it still somehow worked in this world 
because of how Pocus interacts with him and everything. It just, I don't know, it just makes sense. But yeah, so we wanted Ivan to be just completely infatuated with Pocus. And he, because he was infatuated with his father as well. Ah. It's just something that Ivan just loves this family and loves Pocus. And he loves Pocus's dad, Richard, so much that it's just he's just a gimp for him right he's just a masochist for anything they do and he doesn't care we thought that was funny like you know pocus is throwing around bottles with his magic and stuff like that and ivan just is like yes throw them at me harder you know like stuff like that we really wanted a good break in in the uh in the world of we have man versus man ultimately and man versus society so we, we thought that Ivan was just something fun to really kind of pull us out like a good comedic relief. Yeah, I, I think you absolutely nailed it there. Well, thank you. So how did exactly did you meet the rest of the creative team? So we know you had known Will for a while, but what about the other people that were involved in this, mainly the art team? How did you meet them, essentially? Yeah, so Will and I got on Match.com. And uh, nice. after being there for about 10 minutes, we realized we were in the wrong place. <laughs> so uh, we we reached out to Mike Tiener and kind of asked him hey so this is the script we we went ahead and finished it um he told us some people who he thought would be good for the for the story and we reached out and to mike them. is your yeah he was our friend uh that mm-hmm. also lives in the same town that has done really well mm-hmm. uh with his stuff so yeah uh he's from where he's worked with a wide variety of people and has so many stories he was like well I think this one would be good, but I'm gonna give you a list. And I think this colorist would be good. So I'm gonna give you a list. And he only gave us one letter. <laughs> and but I guess luckily, that's who you're going with. <laughs> yes. But luckily for us, uh, our letterer, Dave Lentz, has turned out to be uh, so much more than a letter and designer. He really uh, held our hands and he still does through all of this. And without him, we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. And, and also, I mean that too with uh, Brian, our illustrator, and Jason, our colorist, because these guys have gone above and beyond what we could ever even imagine or have asked for nice uh you know a creative team is like super super duper important like did Mm -hmm. you did you ever really consider stuff like letters and color like obviously you're like okay well we know we need an artist Mm -hmm. but like then thinking about colors like how like so there's really interesting stuff with with hocus like in the later issues that we Mm -hmm. read i think three and four yeah um, they they journey into hell a little bit Mm -hmm. And, you know, the visualization of, oh, I have a soul versus, oh, uh, I don't mm-hmm. like it, it, and all the crazy colors of all the different demons and stuff like that. And then the way that the letters pop on the page, like you people don't always think, you know, when you're right. making a comic, people have to read it. So you have to you have to choose the right font and style to match right. the characters and the tone of the book. Like, how, how did that really affect you guys as you were, you were putting the whole thing together? Um, so like I said, th- this whole thing is always a learning process, right? Um, you, if you're not learning something that I don't feel like you're, you're doing it right, especially it, when you go from issue to issue, uh, when the team gets comfortable with each other and everyone starts filling out what works, what doesn't work, especially visually, right? Because the Brian has been such an inspiration to Will and myself from a writing standpoint, because he'll give us demon designs or character designs mm-hmm. and we'll write around them because we think oh man this character looks so cool now but let's go back and change the script a little bit because i think this character would would do this now or say this and we can add a little bit more flair um 
whenever you're even reading comics and stuff, as someone like me who's ignorant to the fact of lettering and all, all these different variables together, it's crazy how important it is and how much you can pick up on stuff that you didn't even know you needed until then. Um, yeah, especially with, with Dave, the way that he puts so much life into the letters that mm-hmm. give the characters life and meaning and even just the the stuff that's going on in the background where you have stomps crashes it's little stuff you don't think about mm-hmm. but it really it matters every every little minute thing matters and we had a conversation with jason really early on uh jason's our colorist about how the feel of the book we wanted and we we told him well we think the book should be in black and white with splashes of color and the only time we see color is when magic's happening on screen and he's like okay we'll say no more let's do this and we thought that that kind of gave it a little bit of a unique uh style and twist so that way whenever we just have like dialogue or anything if you see magic or like a splash of color in the background you're drawn I'm like oh what is this what's happening something has to be going on here mm-hmm. and, and we thought it was a good separation for especially the the story and just to give it its own little presence right yeah, no, that was a great decision. I absolutely love that juxtaposition between the color and the black and white. I thought it was a very unique and interesting art style that I absolutely love from the very first panel. Oh, awesome. Um, so I, I, I don't know what more I can say about the art. Yeah. It was to me, it was just a massive selling point of this entire series. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things too with comic books that's so wild, right? Because um, uh, initially, whenever I was I was in college, I was an English major. So a lot of, lot of novels, <laughs> a lot of novels, a lot of poetry. Um, with comic books, uh, this is going to sound bad, and I don't mean it as bad as it may come off, but you, you kind of do judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. with comics a lot of times because it's art is subjective. And that's really what the selling point for comic books are a lot of times, especially when you initially just pick one up at, at like your local comic shop, you pick one up and flip through it. You don't immediately read the words. You, you see what's on the page, or at least that's how I, I do it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. which is probably wrong. But you, you pick it up and you see it and you're just like, eh, the art doesn't really grab me. I guess I'll read the story to maybe see if I like it, right? Um, it, it's You're always hoping that if someone has that mentality that they will actually read it because if the art doesn't grab them, they may not want to display your book because that's comics are a very visual medium. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've lucked out with Brian a hundred percent because we think that Brian has just such a fun, unique and creepy uh, style and it all works. And Brian is very funny too with some of the stuff that he's gone back and drawn because that was one of our fears initially with, with Brian. And I use the word fears lightly uh, because he draws a lot of really dark and brooding demons and mm-hmm. really hellboy inspired mm-hmm. del toro stuff right mm-hmm. um but he has surpassed every expectation and he is he has just been able to capture these characters emotions and how they're feeling and it was so funny because he sent me a page for pocus i think this was in pocus too he was uh to really get the selling point of pocus on stage trying to get people to to come on and sell their soul ultimately mm-hmm. without them knowing yeah he was watching Disney movies, classic Disney to capture how they would express themselves. <laughs> so it's just it, like, now that I say it, you can kind of see it and it's just, it's funny. So it yeah, was, Bri- Brian's knocked it out of the park. I'm actually literally looking at that panel right now. Yeah. It was honestly <laughs> one of my favorite 
moments of the entire series is just him holding all these stick figure drawings and explaining yeah. the plan <laughs> as it goes. And I, I was cracking up the entire time I was yeah. reading that panel. Yeah, that was our Charlie Kelly panel. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I really liked like what Brian did. Like what really stuck out to me was like a lot of the facial work, especially mm-hmm. on the demons, like you were saying, because like you could just go with, yeah, they're big kind of scary, freaky looking monsters, but like he gives them depth and, and this whole range of emotion that you're kind of not expecting like yeah. in, in demons, you know, it's, yeah, it's just know. absolutely wild. That whole thing with the cat. I got to ask about that. Are you not a cat person? Oh, dude, I am I'm not. The... I'm not. Oh, just to be clear. Okay. So can we go ahead and just end this now? Okay. okay. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'll talk to you about sauces next week. (laughs) So, um, no, I absolutely love cats. Um, And uh, Will Will does as well. Um, And both of our cats happen to be black and white. So, and they look almost identical. And it's so, it's just the irony in life, right? So, but yeah, no, we just thought it was just funny (laughs) just to have this uh this demon cat just show up and we like the idea of trying to put ourselves into it Mm -hmm. while also mocking ourselves um and whenever uh emily sees the cat she's like oh and pocus is like you know we (laughs) we love that because both of us are are really big cat people and uh just the idea that pocus hates cats and that's our main character we just thought it was funny (laughs) yeah i'm highly allergic to cats so i can't well then, and, like, I understand. They, and, like they know, and they like rub themselves all over me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Yo, man, uh, maybe, maybe don't. Yeah, because do I'd anyway. like to live to see my next birthday. So if y'all <laughs> could just walk away, <laughs> I, like, I like my eyes being like this level of not swollen. Yep. That would be great. <laughs> all right, uh, bringing it back to the writing a little bit. What was it like writing with a partner? Um, could you have imagined doing this on your own, or do you think that? having that partner was integral to this whole process and this would not be the way it is without them. Oh, definitely wouldn't be the way it was without them. So Will and I, we, we have a lot of the same interests, but we're also uh, opposite as well. Um, I, I really, I can see like the big, the big picture, for example, and where I want to go. And Will has a good way of reining me back in and be like, okay, well, let's focus on this, this aspect instead. So let's, let's maybe make it more character driven while I'm trying to be more forward thinking. And then I also help him branch out of his comfort zone and be able to think in, in a more broad aspect too. So I, I don't think that this product would be where it was if I was doing it by myself, yeah. you know, without a doubt, because it, it is a team, right? Uh, it, we, it wouldn't be here the same way without Will and I getting together or being inspired by Brian's drawings or knowing what Jason can do with collaring to really make a page pop or knowing how Dave's going to letter or him telling us this sucks because we need someone to tell us, uh, guys, this, your writing's crap on this page, change it. You, you need that honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what all, all these pieces just kind of really connected together and intertwined and we got what we got today. And because of that and the appreciation I have for these guys, uh, our next comic series after Pocus, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about here in a, a little bit, mm-hmm. it's the exact same team on it because I, I feel like if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And I love working with these guys so much and they're just very diverse and unique that we're also able to deliver something completely different too. So uh, I really enjoy Hugo. Uh, yes. yeah. His whole journey throughout this entire thing. 
uh, unrepentant gambler and not good at it. Like, yep. <laughs> like, you know, he just, he just has so many different layers. Was there ever like the thought to just make him just like this unlikable classic, I'm stealing your soul demon, or was this like always the plan? Who, who this is who he's always been. Um, we, he was probably the character that took us the longest to make. Hmm. Um, we, we storyboarded everyone. We, we knew immediately what we wanted Emily to do. We wanted Emily to be the personification of the reader. Um, you have Pocus and his demon, and they're both idiots and always at odds with each other. And then you have the one stable person of the reader, Emily, be like, you guys are ridiculous. Oh let's, let's figure this out because both of you are so stupid. <laughs> um, we like the idea of having a demon that was addicted to gambling because you you have stories like this you know uh hell there's a song about a devil going down to georgia looking for Mm -hmm. a soul to steal right so you have the idea and it's always kind of ingrained in our society of demons love gambling they love playing games they they love this and like well let's turn it on its head let's make our demon a deadbeat gambler why not let's have fun with it you know let's make him just completely unlikable (laughs) and we we wanted him to to really be that kind of part of the story and of the world where he doesn't really have any redeeming qualities he's there now because he has to be and someone else is finally in control for once i i love that he constantly asks pocus like Hey man, hey friend. Like he like yeah. calls you friends. Like we're not friends. Yeah. How long have we been friends? We we love that. Yeah, we love that so much because um we didn't really get you don't really get a lot of screen time with them. And we, we did that on purpose. Yeah. So we, we tried to be smart with how we did a lot of things. Um so for example, obviously hypercritical of issue one, we're thinking, okay, did we give the demon enough screen time? Well, yes and no. We, you want to you want people wanting more right so we, we did it enough and then let's let's boom let's show them at the end perfect issue two pocus doesn't hardly use any magic in issue two at all um uh, until the end with his uh altercation with ivan um <laughs> but because we we didn't feel like it made sense to the story to kind of shoehorn it in there and force it right uh issue three we don't see the demon at all until the very last page so we, we try to really play off all these elements and just always subvert expectation, right? Because you, you, you think, oh, okay, well, they're going to hell. They're immediately going to run into the demon. That's not the case. We, we try to really flip that uh, dichotomy on its head a little bit. I, I kind of, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going uh, to switch gears a little bit. So if you want to keep going right. on horse. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of love how like you guys like mixed it up with all the different types of demons you have one who's kind of like a, a fortune teller mm-hmm. um, kind of Oracle type character. Um, <laughs> you have, have a rabbit. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, we'll, we'll talk more about Horace. exactly in where a, I was going yeah. next. <laughs> in a minute. Cause Horace, Horace is very, very fun. Yeah. Uh, and unexpectedly. So, um, but like the, the character designs, like how did you guys work through those? Because uh, was it, is it Maz? yeah mass okay like just the arms and the the faces it's just it's just so wild and creepy and fun mm-hmm. like what was that like in your head and you were like hey brian i need you to just draw this for me or yeah did he already have that just basically like loaded and ready to go so uh to answer your question yes to both um mm-hmm. 
so Brian, like, again, he's a, he's a huge inspiration for us. Um, he had on his Instagram at one point, uh, he was trying to draw demons, uh, one demon a day for October, but Brian's a very That's busy sick. man. Yeah. Um, and he had this one demon that really caught my eye. And that is what came the early concept for mass. I was like, I love that idea. Um, so we, we kind of put it in the back of our head. And this was, we saw this in issue one. It's funny because issue four was actually written um, probably before issue one, two, and three, because <laughs> we wanted a seance and we didn't know when to do it or how to do it. And just how everything naturally progressed, we thought that it flowed really well. And then boom, we have that. And then we had mass. And it just, we feel like it all fits so well. And his, uh, I don't know how much, how, how much we want to give away uh, if we just tag this whole thing with spoilers or whatever. But whenever we reveal our big bad at the end of issue four, that's what really blew us away with that character design yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. Very fun. Yeah. We, we, I, I think I want people to read it. So we'll yeah. go full on crazy here with spoilers, but yeah. like just enough of the characters. Um, and just really quick before we move on, Emily, can yep. we just, yes. Emily's so good. Like she just, <laughs> she, you're absolutely right. She says everything that the mm -hmm. reader thinks. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, as I'm guessing as a writer, you hope that's the case, but as a reader, that was absolutely it for me. I don't know about you, yep. Jess. Oh, so good. Every, everything that she said, it was, I was thinking like, wait, but why don't you just do this? And she said that exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> you, you get me. Yeah. You, you, just get <laughs> you understand. Me. <laughs> me. Yeah. We have a lot of big plans for Emily. Um, I think that's one thing that, that Will and I do well, and I use that word lightly because we don't do a lot of things well. We're just kind of <laughs> fly by the seat of our pants. But um, one thing that we, we did well with Emily, we've already mapped out her backstory and nice. where, we, where we want her to go. Uh, she wasn't just a throwing character because a magician has the assistant. Uh, sure, yeah. why not? We, we didn't have to do that. Um, so we were really excited for you guys, to, especially with Arc 2, to see where Emily goes. I'm excited to see where the whole thing goes. Oh, yeah. Same. Uh, yay. <laughs> uh, so do, did you like model any of the characters off of people that you actually know? No, um, I, I don't know any people this bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At least I don't think I do. It's probably subconscious. I probably do. Um, the, so the, you know, to, to get heavy with it here, uh, one of the, the, the relationship between Pocus and his father is something that I modeled after me and my dad. Um, because my dad passed away about three, three years ago. Um, and, that, oh yeah, thank you. Um, so he, he passed away and he, he passed away right before my life really took off. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things he didn't get a chance to, to see everything else that really got to happen when I'm actually a very good and happy point in my life right mm -hmm. so and that that's one thing that i really wanted to put in there and especially with issue four um we we ended up taking it out because we we ran out of uh space but we we did have a, a credits page and it was just you know to my dad one more conversation would have changed everything um because we really wanted to base the seance scene of pocus summoning his, his dad inadvertently you know, to, to, yes <laughs> so we we really wanted to to play off that and really like i have a very dark sense of humor <laughs> so it, it was one of those where that's kind of how i would picture it going right yeah. uh but yeah so we we ended up taking that out because uh the that i guess kind of shift a little bit 
Pocus actually got picked up uh, by Sourcepoint Press, which was awesome and mm-hmm. completely unexpected. So um, there's a certain page limit that we have to hit. Pocus uh, 4 was originally 32 pages. Yeah. And we had to edit it down to 28, uh, mm-hmm. which we feel like the story didn't sacrifice at all. So we were really happy with that. Yeah. I mean, the story's yeah. very tight. So, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. So, but we did have to move some stuff around. So uh, that's kind of like just a little Easter egg. So, yeah. Yeah. I yep. can tell you as a, as a dad, you just want to see your kids happy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally feel that. Totally. Yeah. Feel way, that. way to bring the room down, Alan. <laughs> yeah piece of crap let's go back to talking about sauces (laughs) that 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 moment with the sound so where like his dad pops up and emily's just like oh god of course like he was i was dying when i was reading that i was like oh my god that's great yeah (laughs) watching him like try and work through it and there everybody's like hocus focus focus. yeah (laughs) (laughs) our favorite thing that we wrote on there um was whenever pocus was trying to have his because he's very theatrical too right yeah. so he's trying to have this theatrical moment he's like oh the eternal war between the patriarchy and they're like shut up <laughs> you know <laughs> just keep going forward we, there's more stuff we have to do <laughs> all right let's focus on one more character here that we'll kind of segue into our next bit mm-hmm. horace <laughs> yes so where did the idea come to have this demonic pink rabbit just kind of lingering about all right um horace is the character that pisses us off the most (laughs) and 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 what i mean by that is he's the one initially that we spent the least amount of time on but the one that everybody loves the most (laughs) it's just funny how that happens he's like our Groot, right yeah like Mm -hmm. you don't really need to do a lot he just kind of sells himself right <laughs> but uh we, we really have a lot of big plans for horace but his 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 origin was uh he was obviously an issue one because we thought it was funny just have a magician pull a rabbit out of his ear yeah um a, a friend of ours and an amazing 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 illustrator and colorist kit wallace um he did a variant cover for us for issue one so he's been there since the beginning nice. and uh he drew this little pink rabbit on top of Pogus's hat. And we're like, oh, that's adorable. And people responded so well to that cover. And we're like, oh, well, issue the script for issue two was already done at that point. We didn't even have Horace anywhere in issue two. So we went back and rewrote him in, and it made sense uh, where we put them in there. And it's like, well, let's do something with this. And then every cover kit incorporated Horace, and it just kind of became a thing. So Horace was actually one of the characters that naturally came to life because of just the excitement that was around it and because of someone else's drawings. So we, we, we think that's kind of, kind of fun. And um, you know, then now we have the horse and hell ash can that we're, we're in development with and everything. And it's, it's kind of crazy how much fun we're having with this character that came about just because the reader responded well to a drawing of a pink bunny. The the moment where Pocus tells Emily uh, tells tells Horace the jig is up basically yeah in front yeah of knock Emily. it off Horace you know like, oh, yeah it's so God it's just like it's I honestly didn't see the moment coming and then yeah. it's just like it's amazing yeah but it was so funny because whenever we did that Will and I we were cracking up whenever we wrote it it's like knock it off Horace she knows you told her and then it was just immediately over. <laughs> <laughs> does horse have a british accent like that's uh, the question probably okay why not everyone all, all talking animals do right 
Why not? <laughs> the best ones do. Yeah. Most demons tend to. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so you you did use Kit for the Horus in Hell mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ash Can that you sent us. So was there was there a reason behind swapping out the art? Because the rest of the creative team basically stayed the same, right? Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, the only difference is uh, Kit he he's responsible for Horus's creation and where he is. Like mm-hmm. I obviously have to give full credit to to Kit for that. Um, Kit was just very excited about Horus and the team is very busy working on so much other stuff. And I have loaded Brian up with tons of things and future projects that we have coming up um, that Kit, this was just something he kind of wanted to take the reins on. And with all of his variant covers and how crazy of an origin story that we're wanting to tell with Horus, we just thought Kit was kind of the perfect guy for, yeah. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's beautifully beautifully drawn, uh, and it's just it's so fun, so yeah. fun. So was this horse in hell um, idea sort of like a one shot, like just kind of tell this quick little story and get in get out sort of thing, or do you think you might have more plans for this moving forward? Or yeah, definitely, we we do have a lot more plans with this going forward. We would like to turn this into a, a two to three issue mini. Um, and we, we have some really fun ideas that we're, we're kind of running with this one. But as of right now, um, just given everyone's schedule, uh, Kit is very busy too. So we're lucky to even get covers from him at this point. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's already agreed to want to do it. So whenever we're ready and he's ready, uh, we'll, we'll be having a little horse miniseries coming our way. Awesome. I'm sure the fans will love that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was like a like an intermission type thing. Like you've mm-hmm. already done these these first four issues of Pocus, and then I thought maybe you'd be dropping it like a intermission before you told the next leg of the story. Yeah. So um this I guess this is kind of just a natural segue. That's actually what Grandma Chainsaw is for. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Grandma Chainsaw is a uh it's it's designed for everyone to stay fresh. So because we we don't want to keep banging our heads against the wall trying to write Pocus because we we already have the story beats for for the next arc and they are totally different than what we originally started with because we all got to take a break and step back from it and really think about it. And we're so much happier with how it turned out because the team got a chance to do something different with Grandma Chainsaw. So we're able to be better writers for the fans and be able to tell a better story because we were able to take a, a step back for a minute and just breathe. So I, I, I can completely understand that. So I do some songwriting at times mm-hmm. and sometimes like there's songs that you step away from that you have and you're just like, you get frustrated because you like, it's not quite writer's block, but you're like, this yeah. isn't done and I don't know what it needs. Right. And, and you can walk away and sometimes you'll just come back months later. Sometimes you're just like, yep, I got it. Yeah, I know how to make it work. And, yep, and that's just brilliant. After. That is that is exactly what happened with the art too for Pocus, especially whenever you start a new art or anything like that, you it, it's always your first issue. It's always the first issue that you have to be on point with because it's going to be the driving force for the rest of it. And we, we had what we thought was a good opening, but now the new opening that we have because we got a chance to step back and not immediately start on it, is totally different, but it works so much better for the story and for the characters, and we're so happy with it. Good. Uh, I mean, look, it's it's already been strong. So <laughs> if if you're able to keep that quality up, yep. uh, the way you guys have been, uh, which you know I have 
pretty pretty decent faith you guys well, uh, doing you. that. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. So you brought up Grandma Transal, which is the next project of yours yes. um, that you guys are working on. So after having read this first issue, there's a lot of horror movie vibes coming off of this yes. comic. Yes, yes. So would you consider yourself a big like horror fan, like a horror movie fan? Um, yeah. And um, were any of those like a big influence for this? Yeah. So Will and I are big horror fans. Brian is a huge horror fan. I think Brian kind of destroys all of our knowledge on horror movies uh, dave's a big horror fan jason is as well uh i actually have an evil dead arms tattoo sleeve. oh nice. yeah <laughs> so um yeah it, needless to say we, we think it's okay yeah, uh, so grandma chainsaw is our love letter to this type of campy fun stupid horror right it, it's our love letter to evil dead texas chainsaw massacre we have exorcist three references coming up in this like it, we're just kind of all over the place with it but we're having so much fun writing it um and grandma chainsaw is kind of a, a lot of the dialogue and things that happen in it is actually based off of uh my childhood and how i grew up because from where i was raised by my grandparents um uh, I, I'm kind of ingrained in the geriatric culture, right? <laughs> so I, you know, uh, growing up in, in Southern West Virginia and being able to see a lot of this stuff from like, you know, Appalachia and everything like that. Like mm -hmm. it's, uh, we were able to really take those influences and throw it in here and try to make something just so fun and so stupid <laughs> that it just somehow works. And we, we hope that the title alone was something that drew people in enough. It definitely intrigued me. So I was yeah. like, grandma chainsaw. Like, yeah, I, I, I know what each of those words mean, but yeah. <laughs> together, I'm curious what this is. Yeah. Uh, when I saw it, I the thing I thought was there's no way this isn't awesome. Like yeah. it's just it's impossible. Like there's no way it goes wrong. Yeah. And uh it's it's pretty it's pretty unreal. I so I'm like looking at a, a panel right now, mm -hmm. and I gotta, you know, obviously we've we've you know given our props to your letter because that that is phenomenal but i gotta give real props to brian because the use of shadow with uh the grandma's eyes and like chainsaw over the head it's just mm -hmm. like it's like so cinematic i guess is the best yep. way to say it in in the craziest ways yep like I just like you've got to kind of sometimes get blown away by some of these designs, right? Oh, dude, we don't deserve Brian. Like, I'll 100% be the first one to tell you that. And it's going to suck whenever uh, Brian discovers that he doesn't need us and he can, <laughs> he can go off and do his own thing. And we can, we'll just have to watch Brian go off into the sunset. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, with his influences and everything, it's, I, I think that it's good to know where you come from and it's good to know where your influences are especially as a, as a writer too um because I, I feel like if people try to deviate too much from their influences then it doesn't work because literally in that panel on the script we wrote in parentheses this is a texas chainsaw massacre reference <laughs> you know like why not that's, that's exactly what i got like reading yeah. it i was like this reminds me exactly like texas chainsaw yeah it, but it's but what's it's an old lady named hazel yeah. <laughs> so, yeah um so and that's that's what we wanted to do you know we we want to know our, we have a night round elm street reference coming up in later in this issue like just all kinds of just fun and crazy stuff that we're just so excited 
to, to really get out there. I think the Ashcan was eight pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comic altogether is 28 pages. We just finished writing the script for issue two of Grandma Chainsaw. This will be a four issue mini. Um, and this has been the hardest one to not talk about because there's so much that happens that's coming up that no one's going to expect that we are so proud of i just want to spoil it for everyone <laughs> I, I can't blame you there's there's so like just the, the what is it, eight pages you said yeah that we got like i just hooked just yes. absolutely hooked um just get a lot of ridiculous violence mm-hmm. in here and if that's your thing on on page like you probably want to read it yeah. just because <laughs> um, i know you re- you said at the very beginning of this that you were concerned that even with pocus that mm-hmm. you weren't going to be able to like grip those readers right. enough within the first few pages i don't think you guys have anything to worry about at this point between <laughs> focus and grandma chainsaw like yeah. we want more oh well yeah, awesome a- absolutely yeah i appreciate uh, this thank you and the characters man like you guys do characters very very well um like even in the in the snippets that we get with with the characters in grandma chainsaw you're just like huh i'm just curious about how you got to be how you are what's the relationship between these two what about these two like how do they all have this interplay it's just it's just really good and intriguing Um, yeah that's uh that's something i'll really uh speak volumes about to will because will's very good at character studies um and he does th- this has been a challenge for grandma chainsaw has probably uh been pocus is a challenge from a world building standpoint and mm-hmm. what our laws and limitations are grandma chainsaw is a challenge from character development because it's it's hard especially in comics to write around a bunch of characters on screen at one time without filling up you know without there just being a giant bubble of text on the page mm-hmm. uh without letting the artwork breathe and you know, we're, we're, you guys are coming up, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we're about to get to a dinner scene where all the characters are together. Huh. And it's, we were really happy with how they all played off of each other uh, and given their surroundings and situation with Hazel and then playing off of her. And it's really the battle of old versus new stuff like that. But we, we really had to try to somehow give all these characters personalities in a very limited window and very limited speech so uh you guys saying that you know you're intrigued about where these characters are going and who they are and what drives them is is awesome for us thank you yeah of course um okay so was there like did you guys ever think about like changing the creative team for this or was this just like no you know what we've we've just got a really good rhythm um you know we it's it's there's times where things are unspoken Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, you can just, you just know what we're thinking. Like you just nail things on the page or in the letters or, or what have you like, or, or did, were you like, or did you ever consider like, Hey, maybe, you know what, we just kind of just float around and just see what happens if we, if we go with a new team. Yeah. So the, the thought honestly never crossed our mind. Uh, one, I hate change. <laughs> so, so to hell with that. And, and, and two, um, the, these guys have done so much for us um, and have met ridiculous deadlines and have put out just great content. And we really wanted to let Brian loose on this one because Brian's, Brian's big, big thing is horror. Um, and this was pretty much, I, I just approached Brian first and I said, hey, I have this idea called Grandma Chainsaw. 
It's about a serial killer, chainsaw wielding grandma. What do you think? I, I think that Old. was the fastest. <laughs> I think that was the fastest. Yes, I, I, I got from him. Um, so after seeing what he's done on this, like I said, there's there's a couple of unannounced projects coming up that we have as well that really lets Brian uh, cut loose still. Um, uh, and Jason, he's such a diverse colorist that it, I feel like you can't even tell it's the same guy coloring Pocus and Grandma Chainsaw because uh, his collar choices on Grandma Chainsaw were uh, unexpected in the best way possible mm-hmm. because Grandma Chainsaw kind of has a uh, like an old grainy aquatic feel to mm-hmm. it while somehow yeah. capturing like um what's the word i'm looking for it's not gray tone um it's like a sepia tone sepia thank you yes yeah so he's got like this warmer sepia mixed with these teals and it just works it's it's a very different art style to hocus and like i think for the story that's being told so far at least from what we've gotten Mm -hmm. it works very well it like gives you that yeah horror movie vibe and yes. it just fits the narrative so well so far yeah and you know after seeing these guys be able to bounce between something like this high fantasy world of pocus then now to this this crazy wacky world of grandma chainsaw uh i i just i think that we we have just such a good strong team that uh i i, I wouldn't i'd be a fool to, to change them out right um and especially after seeing how dave lettered the sound of a chainsaw on page three mm-hmm. yeah i, I think he earned his keep yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's that's absolutely brilliant all right so um yeah i don't know just had anything else on grandma chainsaw uh it's just that i'm looking forward to see what happens and uh, I want the first, the full first issue now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess that's an awesome, awesome time to plug it now. So um, we are getting the last little bit of the Kickstarter materials for Pocus Hocus number four. Um, this was, this was a very important project for us. Um, and seeing the growth of the Pocus campaigns has been incredible. Uh, this was our first $10,000 campaign. Nice. So we, we had five. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to see the growth from issue one that we just launched a year ago to issue four now because issue one it's it's everyone's first kickstarter issue right uh it's family members and friends being like oh that's cute alan and will made a comic here's Mm -hmm. 10 bucks you know (laughs) uh you know we we only had like 70 backers i think and then now we we made two thousand dollars and fast forward a, a year we made ten thousand ten ten thousand one hundred dollars and had 270 plus backers Nice. So it's just, it's crazy to, to see that jump in the fan base and people actually responding to this. Um, so yeah, the, the last little bit of stuff will be in. We're going to send that out and then we'll be able to have the pre-launch link for Grandma Chainsaw, which is expected to uh, go live uh, the middle of next month. So middle of nice. September. Very excited so, for that. Yeah. I know that you've teased a few things that we can maybe expect from Grandma Chainsaw. Is there anything else from the second story arc from Pocus or any other projects that you're working on that you might be able to give us a little tease about? Yeah, so Pocus 2, uh, well, 2-1, issue 5, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very important for us because we actually really get to dive into the psyche of a lot of the characters uh, because it's going to where we're going with it uh, in this new realm is really going to test all the characters' relationships and mental fortitude. Uh, we're still obviously 
uh, the our number one priority with any book we do is is it fun mm-hmm. are we staying true to ourselves we already have some hilarious jokes for pocus too <laughs> that we've already set up uh and that we can seamlessly write in but we wouldn't be us without having some of those heavy hitting moments to to really drive the point home to the reader of there's a lot of heart to this story as well mm-hmm. yeah so I, I gotta ask, like, uh, it's it says that it's in four acts. So are are you envisioning, like, like I don't know if it's necessarily gonna be four four issue arcs. Uh, yeah, but you're gonna have four four issue arcs. So this was it. it, it's it's wild to to look at it. Uh, like I said, through through a lens. Right, a year ago, we were like, uh, I think we could tell this story in six issues, and the story kept naturally growing and expanding, and we're like oh God, we can't tell this in six issues. There's no way, you know, people are responding to this so well and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got picked up by Source Point Press. And ironically, how we wrote issue uh, issue four, it was a good ending for the arc because Source Point, especially from where it's a new title, they only want to do uh, up to three to four issue minis. And that right. makes sense. And it, it worked mm-hmm. really well with, with how it ended. So that's kind of where we initially, because if you look at the older issues of Hocus, uh, it says a new a new story in six acts. And uh-huh. then we changed it to a new story in four acts because it's just how it happened. Um, so we, we have so many stories planned for Pocus. It's just one of those things for us as of right now, it just kind of writes itself. Um, just because with a wild world like this and awful stupid characters the sky's the limit right (laughs) so yeah as long we kind of decided um you know as long as people are still reading pocus we we and we feel like we can still deliver what they're expecting and go above their expectations then we'll we'll keep going with it so i'm curious about something um your timelines like when it Mm -hmm. comes to writing and all that kind of stuff like do you guys have like a okay well this needs to be done by this date like are you giving yourselves Mm -hmm. deadlines yes i know i know you got picked up by source point so i don't know if they have specific deadlines for you no so source point and and i mean this uh again best way possible they're very hands-off and let the creator create which is awesome they it's great you know it's one of those let us know when it's done type things and it's like oh thank nice. god because they, they recognize that all of us are independent and we still have to we still have day jobs mm-hmm. we still have this life happens right um but for us on the team we we always want to stay current and relevant and by doing that we we want to keep consistent with releases uh so coming up because the guys are always working so hard uh, we're, we're trying to stagger releases. So coming up, you'll see Grandma Chainsaw 1 and then Pocus 5. Grandma Chainsaw 2, Pocus uh, 6. So we're, we're really trying to teeter them that way just to keep everyone interested while still also keeping us busy as well. So that, that's kind of our, our mentality with it right now. Yeah. So your cat right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, there she, there no she is. There she Aww. is. Trying to rub herself yeah. all over me. Yes, yeah, she, she's my voice, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, he sounds allergic here. to me. I have to have him. <laughs> I, I will say, I am more of a dog person, but I do love cats too. I yep. do have a slight allergy though, so like, yep. they're like the forbidden animal to me. Yes. Like, so, I want to touch them, but I can't. I, I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, I, I'm a pet person anyway. Yeah. You know, all, all jokes yeah. aside, I, I grew up with dogs. I'm just not home enough. That's fair. fair. So, and and I would be, I'd be 
uh, we we would have here at the house we would have to crate them and mm. i it would so. be for long periods of time mm-hmm. and i i could i just i can't do it so i i it would break my heart <laughs> yeah. can't say i blame you can't say i blame yeah. you there um so distribution like are, are you guys like primarily digital like 80 80 20 do you, do you guys have a preference um will there be trades yeah so focus four actually was our first trade paperback uh and we put that on there and i actually have one beside me and it turned out oh, like our demon book i yeah. love that yeah so yeah on and this will also be available in the grandma chainsaw 2 campaign as well for people that nice. missed it um we we did medals this time as well so we have a metal trade Ooh. paperback Ooh. uh that's our that was kind of our pride and joy Th- that's what's coming in on wednesday and i'm so excited <laughs> um but no so um distribution as of right now uh from where things were, were kind of in in transition between a publisher uh ultimately just reaching out to us and we'll, we'll get you whatever you need yeah. um or just nice. just going through the kickstarter and we always like to make sure fans new and old um have a way to catch up and we never want anyone to feel like they're being forced to buy something so all of our kickstarters are are always set up for an a la carte system so you back one tier and probably everything on there's an add-on so you get to kind of build your own tier uh with stuff that you want so you can get a lot of good single issues this way or if you want to buy a whole bundle there's a bundle here or if you just want something extra there's that and uh, I did put this beside me just in case. A little spoiler here. Mm-hmm. One of the things we're going to have on the Grandma Chainsaw 2 campaign Ooh. is uh, we have a apron. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh my I God. have been thinking that I need an apron for the kitchen. Yeah. And that so, would be perfect. Uh, yeah, this will be available in four different colors, but this is our Grandma Chainsaw uh, apron. Oh, my uh, God, yes. For, so, yeah. By the way, I love... I love the font for Grandma Chainsaw yeah. on, the, on the cover. It's just... We wanted Absolutely to make it look magical. like how she would sign her checks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that's where that came from. Oh, I love God. it. That just makes it so much better. Just like the juxtaposition between like this nice flowing handwriting yeah. and just her it's brutality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we always try to stay fun uh, with, with everything. But yeah, so like if you need anything, just reach out to us. Uh, I think one of the cool things that we're seeing on this, and this speaks volumes to the art team. Of course, you have people that just want their comics digital, but it's probably been like 70, 30 for 70 percent physical, 30 percent digital, whatever we do this, just because uh, I think people love having having that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I look, my collection is a little bit insane. A little bit. No, I know people with more. (laughs) very does, few people but there does, are a few people doesn't mean more. that yours isn't insane too it's, it's, it's a lot it's a lot but like i love i don't have some digital books but i just love there's something about the tactile nature the smell of a comic book you know like yeah. you just open it up and you're just like oh yeah that's good that's good um just kind of love it it's it's wild because you know i i stare at these things day in and day out um and i i feel so bad for for my fiance uh-huh. just because she has to hear me talk about this crap all the time day in and day out and i'm like hey, i think i have another idea and she's just like oh my god <laughs> you another know, one um, yeah jesus would you shut up or um <laughs> it's okay once you get married the eyes just glaze yeah. right over yeah. and just, in, in one ear out the other everything's fine yeah it's like you signed up for this yeah she she is my biggest fan but uh unfortunately because of that she also has to listen to every stupid thing i say um but yeah, man, I don't know. It's just uh, 
is, I don't know. This has just been an unexpected, the the Hobbit. It's been an unexpected journey. Mm, (laughs) Nice. Good, good, good pull right there. Proud of you. All right. Uh, I don't, I don't really think I have anything else, Jess. I don't have anything. So, uh, Alan, anything else you want to say while we got you here, Sol? While you're still, please. Let's see here. I think people are tired of hearing me talk. Nope. Uh, Impossible. So, We're tired of hearing us talk of anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, you guys could follow follow me on Twitter at Chaps of Fury. Pocus uh, Hocus Comic at gmail.com is, is a good way to email us directly. Uh, we are working on our Substack again. And yeah, just follow us along on Kickstarter. Grandma Chainsaw launching middle of September. And these kind folks here uh, said they're going to be sharing stuff out. So mm-hmm, stay mm-hmm. tuned to their channels as well for uh, for some links to everything. Yeah, keep an eye on our all our socials, our Twitter, or whatever else we put stuff Facebook, out on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, yeah that, that stuff. The stuff that my candles. Yeah, <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep keep an eye on that stuff. Um, we will definitely be sharing the shit out of this Absolutely. and make sure everyone knows about this and get the good word out. Thank yeah, you. and uh, 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 thankfully Alan's been gracious enough to allow me to do a Mike Stick Stack on uh on the projects here so you'll get some actual review content uh Ooh. full spoilers just you know you know you know you know <laughs> uh so uh alan thank you so much um we're, we'll gladly have you back anytime oh Ma- de- maybe yeah definitely you, the unfortunate part is you guys have uh you guys have opened up a floodgate of me emailing you whenever a project is going live uh and to be like can i come on please oh please <laughs> please do because it's one last show that we have to plan oh yeah. thank god okay cool yeah. all right so you guys it, are just it, using me <gasps> it it takes <laughs> look it takes a lot of effort to make our shows seem as unprepared as they are yeah it does um, so it really any, does <laughs> any any opportunity to actually not prepare yeah. <laughs> uh something so serious would be great um yeah yeah i'll, I'll gladly have you back on anytime this awesome. is very fun uh, look out for our sauce podcast <laughs> in your future. Yeah, we, we uh, got to be careful how we word it because we don't want to word it Mike's sauce because it might get taken down pretty easy. Yeah. Mm. But we'll, we'll think of a title later. We'll think of something. Yeah. So, uh, everybody, thank you so much for, for checking out the show. Make sure you you follow Alan and and all the all the guys on the creative team. Um, make sure you, you hop in the Kickstarter. Make sure you buy the stuff. I'm telling you right now, it's really awesome and you're going to have a good time. Plus, it's always fun to support a, an independent creator, uh, get through all that stuff. It's huge. It's absolutely that and I, huge. I feel like this is something that can actually take off. So you want to be there at the ground floor <laughs> and being at the beginning. All I'm saying is that when Netflix eventually petitions you for a show, yes, keep keep me in mind. Oh, no, don't worry. You'll, you'll be the first one. Uh, we'll have you on there as a demon. We'll, oh, yeah. oh yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a suit. I don't care. I, I'm, I'm not saying I need to, I'm not saying I need to be focused, but like, yeah. I got a lot of sass in yeah. here that I, I fit in just well. <laughs> so, uh, everyone, thanks for checking out this episode of the Twist Hat, Twist Cast. I can speak words because words keep coming out of my mouth uh, unintentionally here. Uh, so until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. Everybody stay twisted.